This is Warning Radio with Dr. Jonathan Hansen, founder and president of World Ministries International, a non-denominational end times ministry dedicated to fulfilling a divine commission to trumpet forth warnings from God concerning the imminent second coming of Christ and the impending judgment of God upon the ungodly. God has sent Dr. Hansen to many nations of the world with a solemn warning to the political and religious leaders and citizenry to repent of their sinfulness and wickedness or face the catastrophic judgments that will soon be unleashed upon the unbelieving world. Listen now to the warnings of our compassionate and merciful Creator conveyed through His faithful prophetic spokesman, the host of Warning Radio, Dr. Jonathan Hansen. This is Jonathan Hansen. I want to welcome you all to the Shortwave Warning Radio program. Today I've combined a couple daily interviews for your listening pleasure. One. Matt Shea, former 12-year Washington State House Representative. He's also a lawyer, and he's currently a pastor. Then I interviewed Mary Solomon, talking about civic responsibility. Now, ladies and gentlemen, you're going to find, I believe, these interviews very informative, very fascinating. We're in very serious times And we need to pay close attention so we can prepare ourselves for what lies ahead. I don't know if you understand the term, the science of judgment, the full cup of iniquity principle. At the end of these programs, we're going to play a description of my book I wrote, The Science of Judgment. I want you to listen very carefully to each chapter And if you don't have the book, I want you to order it. Basically, the scriptures warns us about the full cup of iniquity law. When God's mercy and grace runs its duration, then God's anger and wrath boils over and his judgment starts to fall. Judgment is first meant to lead to our repentance. In other words, redemption. If the person is beyond redemption or nation, God's judgment is finally for total destruction. God sends utter destruction upon people and nations when their wickedness takes them beyond redeeming love. There is a point of no return when the unpardonable sin has been committed. Even this is mercy and grace, because if God did not utterly destroy the unrepentant, then extended mercy only allows evil, violence, and needless suffering to continue upon the innocent. The principle is simple. God breaks his silence when a person, a city, or a nation reaches a certain level of wickedness, and he uses one or more of his divine judgments. If the situation is unredeemable, then destruction. If the situation is redeemable, His judgments are for redemptive purposes. Once again, if the situation is beyond redemption or repentance, then his judgments are utterly destructive. Now, we're going to be listening to these interviews 
And I want you again, I exhort you to listen most attentively. Because we are facing crisis. We're facing, actually, nuclear war. We're facing millions of people dying. You must pay attention. You must prepare yourself spiritually as well as prepare yourself for trouble, for food shortages, gas rationing, or outright no gas. We must prepare for a grid coming down. Can you live off the grid? Are you prepared to live off the grid? Or do you have to go to the grocery store every other day? At the end of the program again, after you hear the book descriptions, the science of judgment, every chapter, order the book. And go to my website and become a member of Eagles Saving Nations. We must get into the stadiums. We must have a national revival, which is repentance. Only God can save America, and only a Nineveh revival will save America. Nothing else will save America at this point. I believe we're beyond the point of no return. We have to have a Nineveh revival or millions will die. Sit back and listen to these interviews right now. This is Dr. Jonathan Hansen, President of World Ministries International. I want to welcome you once again to the Warning Radio Program. A special guest, he is an allied attorney with the Alliance Defending Freedom, an affiliated attorney with the Pacific Justice Institute. He's also retired 12-year state representative, former House Republican Caucus chair, currently the senior pastor at On Fire Ministries, Pastor Matt Shea. Welcome back, Matt. Uh, it's great to be back on, Dr. Hanson. Well, I'll tell you what, uh, we began the year talking about 2023 and what it entailed and uh, uh, what it's going to entail, the dangers that we see on the horizon. Uh, we were going to talk a little bit about things to protect oneself, and I was going to talk about the sons of Issachar, but so many things are happening so quickly right now. Uh, maybe we should first start off with President, so to speak, Joe Biden and all of the confidential classified documents found when he was the vice president. You know, there is a difference between President Trump declassifying and literally no crime. And Joe Biden, the vice president, cannot do that. Yet he has confidential classified documents. Uh, let's talk a little bit about that, Matt. Uh, what's your opinion? There's two things that are part of this. First of all, you're absolutely right. The president of the United States is a classification authority. So Trump would have been the declassification authority for those records he had. So Trump is totally in the clear, didn't do anything wrong. And he also had them in a very secure place at Mar-a-Lago. This case, Biden was a vice president. He has no declassification authority. And not only did they find him in a foundation that has Chinese funding, but they found him next to his Corvette in his garage. I mean, that, that is stunningly irresponsible at the very least. So uh, th this, this has comparison really to the Trump issue. But I do want to say this and for everybody out there. I believe that this is the first indicator that the powers that be want to remove Biden from the presidency because war is imminent with China and they know he is incompetent to manage it. So I believe right now what we're seeing is the powers that be are removing him. 
It was Democrats that found these records. It was Democrats that came public with these records. It was Democrats that that uh, came through the, the normal conduits that they use against conservatives to reveal this. So it appears to me that the powers of be are making a move to replace Joe Biden. And that means that we can expect to see maybe in the next couple of weeks uh, some key indicators, uh, both uh, uh, on the international level and here at the national level, that would uh, support that. The first indicator is uh, criminal uh, investigations, charges uh, coming forward regarding Hunter Biden. Uh, the second is that we would expect to see the New York Times turning against Hunter Biden and against Joe Biden uh, very publicly. So we watch the New York Times, watch the, the Washington Post, and see if that's what happens in the next couple of weeks. And then, all, then we know that they are trying to get rid of him. They're trying to do the 25th Amendment and have him removed. So for your listeners who don't know what the 25th Amendment is, uh, if enough cabinet secretaries get together, uh, they can remove the president of the United States uh, for mental incompetence. So I can see... I could see this happening, and I think everybody knows that he is uh, he is suffering right now uh, from a lack of uh, mental clarity, and I'm being very diplomatic by saying that. So the other part internationally that we're, we're going to see, you'd expect to see China uh, massively purchase uh, gold, uh, gold uh, to uh, bolster its position monetarily because they expect sanctions to come. You would expect cyber attacks to begin hitting critical U.S. infrastructure uh, and, and becoming more and more frequent. You would expect there to be uh, continued snap exercise for, uh, exercises from China uh, where they they clearly say and state that the purpose of the exercise is to invade Taiwan. You would expect to see uh, new agreements signed between the United States and Japan, uh, the United States and Philippines, the United Kingdom and Japan, and the United Kingdom and the Philippines, uh, and also agreements with South Korea by both of those countries as well. Well, Dr. Hansen, let me tell you what's been happening in the last 24 hours. We have had a massive uh, outage. Now, they're not calling it a cyber attack, but a massive outage uh, just recently with the uh it's essentially a safety notification for airplanes grounded every air airline here in the united states of america now most people probably heard that they saw it but what they probably did not know is that this was not the first time and i want to go into that very quickly there's a great article on gateway pundit that talks about this uh canada their no tam system also went down and just prior to that in the philippines Authorities halted flights in and out of Manila on New Year's Day to, due to a malfunction or, uh, on air traffic control. So you've got now three specific outages in three separate countries, but the same, but the same result. So the, if this is a probing attack, which it very likely could be, the Chinese figured out how to halt all U.S. air travel, all air travel in, in uh, Canada and in the, in the Philippines. Uh, with the push of a button. So the notice to air missions system provides pilots with real-time information about closed runways, equipment outages, potential hazards, all that kind of stuff. It's a safety system. So if you want to paralyze a country with air traffic, that's exactly how you would do it. Uh, in addition to that, and so I think right now what, I, what I've been telling people is we have to presume that all incidents that we see from here on out are not isolated 
that they are connected until proven otherwise. We have to presume that just for our own safety and our own peace of mind. So that is the one, that's one thing. Then you also see the fact that uh, Russia is moving massive amounts of uh, main battle tanks into uh, into Belarus. Uh, the Belarusians look like uh, they're being inspected right now by some Russian uh, authorities for their combat readiness. You see the United States getting ready to sign some new agreements with Japan. The United Kingdom just yesterday signed new agreements with Japan that would authorize uh, British troops to be deployed there and vice versa uh, in, in uh, UK uh, territory. You see also that uh, there, are, uh, there was a snap exercise just in the last few days where China mocked an invasion of Taiwan and a blockade of Taiwan. Uh, with 57 airplanes, you see also that South Korea now is asking for more uh, security uh, agreements re regarding not only ammunition and, and uh, equipment, but also just agreements regarding what would happen in the case of a nuclear exchange with North Korea. You have all of those same countries dramatically ramping up their uh, – their militaries, the size of their militaries, and the amount of equipment in their militaries. So, I mean, just objectively, and that's not all of it, but just objectively speaking, this is what appears is about to happen here in the next 90 days. At the same time that, that China moves on Taiwan, you will see Russia move through Belarus on Ukraine and try to do a winter offensive. You will see at the same time as well probably an Israeli airstrike of some kind on Iran, or an Iranian strike on some Israeli assets doesn't really matter as far as the, the timing is concerned. But it, all of these things will happen in a very, very close proximity with each other. So what the, everybody listening today needs to be looking out for is what happens with North Korea. Here's why. North Korea has the ability to strike the U.S. mainland with a nuclear weapon. And, and I think we, again, have to presume that China would use North Korea as a proxy to tie up U.S. forces in South Korea by invading. Uh, and so that essentially means within two weeks we will be in a world war if North Korea does that. So if your listeners see that, uh, we know that we're going to world war very, very quickly. The other part of that that I would mention is the United States right now is at one of its weakest uh, places in the last 50 years. And I'm not just talking about the inept and uh, communist leadership uh, in the United States government that is infiltrated. But I'm also talking about that militarily we've been bleeding our stockpiles by uh, sending them over to Ukraine. And so there actually was uh, a U.S. official just yesterday who said, hey, you know, we are, we're going to have trouble arming ourselves uh, if we keep doing this. And in other words, because of the bureaucracy that has been put in place uh, by the Biden administration, our economy has not ramped up to a war status. Uh, in fact, U.S. Navy Secretary Carlos del Toro, and you can read this on Open Source Intelligence, uh, said that the U.S. may find itself challenge, uh, challenging to continue to provide military materials to Ukraine and arm itself. And then he went on to say this. This is key. With regards to deliveries of weapon systems for the fight in Ukraine, yeah, that's a real concern for us. We monitor very closely. But if the conflict goes on for another six months or for another year, it certainly continues to stress the supply way, uh, chain in ways that are challenging. 
So if, if we really wanted to protect the United States of America right now against our, our main enemy, which is China, we would be ramping up our economy right now. We would be massively decreasing the bureaucracy on our oil and gas industry, massively decreasing the bureaucracy on our manufacturing sectors. We would want to uh, do tariffs in regards to uh, the export of steel, and we would want to keep our key uh, minerals here in the United States and also take off uh, a lot of the bureaucracy that has been hampering mining here in the United States for everything from rare earth minerals to what I just said, steel and iron. So we, we have an opportunity to be resilient here, but the, the person in the White House right now is taking every opportunity to try to do exactly the wrong thing that would hamstring us in an ability to fight China. And so we, we believe, and we've talked about this on your show before, that it's intentional. So right now, everyone needs to be prepared. I gave you some pretty clear things to look at in the news here in the next uh, couple of weeks. And then you know ahead of time what, what is coming and what's happening. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, you're listening to the Warning Radio program. Uh, I have special guest Pastor Matt Shea, former uh, Washington State House of Representative, 12 years and uh, former House Republican Caucus Chair. Ladies and gentlemen, we are in serious trouble. Now, Matt, uh, uh, again, this is being not only on our warning radio programs, our social media, people are watching, be on Omega Man uh, Radio also, syndicated around the world. Do you think, Matt, uh, this is one reason that they're ready to remove Biden? I know this is exactly what they're trying to do. They want their person in place uh, to manage this global war uh, or or the precursor of a global war uh, in the run-up to 2024. Then they got to remove him quite fast. They've got to remove him quite fast. So I would expect things to come very quickly. Uh, you know, newspaper articles and Biden goes from you know hero to zero here in a month. And uh, that is just a foregone conclusion that he's replaced by the vice president. So uh, they obviously, you know, understand that, that a Republican House means the Republican speaker is number three in line. So that Republican speaker, Kevin McCarthy, would become number two. And that makes that fight that happened last uh, last week all the more important that he may be in line for a leadership role that is far beyond anything he has really comprehended. So uh, anyway, the short version again is they got to remove him fast, expect things to happen very quickly. If this is in fact their plan, and I believe it is because there is no reason Democrats would have undressed their own guy unless they want to take him out. Well, I'll tell you what, uh, let's, let's keep watching how, you know, mainline news, uh, CNN, MSNBC, and others, liberal news propaganda programs now, how they report this. That will also uh, give us a great understanding what's going on. Yes, absolutely. So we, we need to, you know I, know, I know people don't like to watch the mainstream press, and for good reason, but we still should absolutely be uh, observing what the Washington Post and New York Times are saying, because that's going to cue us as to uh, what these guys have in store. So. Well, you're absolutely right. Um, 
uh, Harris, uh, if they want to really run this thing, unless they, you know, just want a, a puppet, a clueless puppet, you know, a, a straw hat, so to speak. But uh, she's got to be removed, too. Well, at some point, but it probably wouldn't be right away unless, unless this is a full coup. Uh, I mean, in, in such a case, I mean, my goodness. Is it possible? Yes. I don't know if it's likely that they would remove him at the same time, because it always appeared to me that Kamala was the 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 one they really wanted to be in there, and she was just so unpopular uh, that they just couldn't they just couldn't have her win. No matter how much they helped her, she just couldn't win. So I, I just expect that, as far as Biden is concerned, that he uh, he's just going to be removed very quickly first and then probably Kamala maybe a little bit later. I doubt they would try to do it all at one time. Well, like I said at the earlier, my statement was unless she's a, a puppet and uh, what you just said right, is right. she would be a total puppet. So uh, then they would have their person that they can just run anything through. Yeah, exactly. Yep. So that's what we need to be watching for. And, and uh, you know, I hope that makes sense to everybody. Obama, uh, do you think he's right in here with it all? Oh, I think he's been directing it, which is why it makes it more likely that she's the puppet. Absolutely. Ladies and gentlemen, you're listening again to the Warning Radio Program. Special guest, Pastor Matt Shea. Uh, he's an allied attorney with the Alliance Defending Freedom and affiliated attorney with the Pacific Justice Institute. He was also the former House Representative for the state of Washington, retired 12 years, and former House Republican Caucus Chair. Uh, we're talking about situations that is happening and is about to happen as we look ahead to 2020. We're in 2023, but what are we going to be facing in 2023? I know we also talked about several weeks ago, uh, we need to prepare. And the sons of Issachar, you know, First Chronicles 1232, the sons of Issachar, men who understood the times with knowledge of what Israel should do, their chief priests were 200. And again, I'll just break down uh, very quickly. Uh, the children of Issachar were men, uh, people, members of a church, etc., or a nation that understood the times to know what Israel ought to do. The heads of them were 200 and their brethren were at their command. We need to be attending a church with an Issachar so instead of being a victim... We can prosper. We'll know what to do. Again, Issachar, the meaning is he will bring a reward, a man for a hire. Hire for who? Hire from God. And uh, I could go deep into this, but Matt, uh, what should be people do to prepare? Well, I think that the very first thing, obviously, is to be spiritually prepared. So if you are not going to church, you should be. If you are not uh, repenting, uh, or you think you can do everything on your own. I mean, I would say that that is folly. You should be going to church. You should be getting right uh, before the Lord and being honest with God about where you're at. So I think that that's the first part of it. I think the second part of it is you need to have food stored up. I'm going to tell you why. Belarus uh, supplies approximately 20% of the potash for the world's fertilizer production. So if Belarus invades Ukraine, it's a very good uh, presumption that that potash would not be exported and there would be sanctions against it. And as a result, world fertilizer supplies 
will go up dramatically in price. If fertilizer supplies go up in price, as you well know, so does food. So having food is absolutely going to be critical here coming up. The other is having some extra fuel. Uh, gas prices are, it's looking like it might go to $120 a barrel. And again, the reason is because there is so much instability where the oil is being drilled and, and President Biden has shut down, uh, or I should say more accurately, constricted uh, our oil drilling and supply here in the United States. It, it's going to it's gonna rise. The price of gasoline is going to rise. So having some extra fuel on hand, again, I believe is very, very critical. Also, there's going to be uh, massive, and I mean massive, nothing like we have ever seen before. I want you to imagine half of Walmart or all of uh, all of aisles in Walmart being completely empty. Because if, if we go to war with China or China goes to war with Taiwan, that is going to have a massive impact on the global economy. You're going to see everything from electronics increase in price, and you're going to see our choices diminish dramatically, and you'll actually see how dependent we are on China. So having extra clothes right now, making sure you've got all the electronics that you want to buy right now uh, are extremely important. And I'll get to one other point on electronics here in a second. But the point, the, the, the fact is, is that it, spare parts – a lot of our spare parts for, for small engines like uh, our weed whackers, our lawnmowers, those kind of things, they come from China. So if you don't have spare parts on hand and something goes out that you really need, and I would say probably the most important tool is a chainsaw in a situation like that, uh, that you need you need to look at spare parts as well. Now, electronic components, you should have what's called a Faraday bag. You can find them on Amazon or other places. They're really easy to find. You should have some of your electronics in a Faraday bag. So in case that the North Koreans decide to do an EMP attack against the U.S. or maybe it's a, a cyber attack or something, that you have some electronics that are still operational for this time, particularly radios like ham radios uh, and, hand, and other handheld radios. So I would really kind of look at those things right now as far as your own preparedness is concerned. Again, not panic. But being prepared takes the fear out of things because God has given us the opportunity to be ready. So these are some things to think about here in the upcoming uh, – there's just a few of them – the upcoming uh, two, three months. But do not wait. Do not procrastinate. Do not sit back and say, oh, well, uh, not a big deal. God's going to provide. He is providing. He's providing you time right now, and he's providing you a great program like Warning Radio to tell you this is coming. Again, the sons of Issachar, men who understood the times. Again, we already said Issachar, he'll bring a reward. He'll, pre he'll give you information to prepare you for the future. Understanding, to separate mentally, to distinguish, to be cunning, diligent, deal wisely, prudent. If you attend a church like the one Matt Shea is pastoring, we will separate, he will separate, the truth will separate between the wise and unwise, to distinguish, be cunning, diligent, prudent, and times goes into fortunes, occurrences. Fortunes mean success, prosperity, estates, possessions, wealth. So occurrence means an event, an incident happening in circumstance. So right here, we're discussing how you can be wise, you can be prudent, you can be cunning, and you can not be taken as a victim, but you can prosper, you can continue to see your family succeed. Uh, through this, you can move into prosperity. And Matt, we could even uh, discuss that a little bit, what to do for the future. So just general, again, I, I'm 
this is what I do. So I'm not telling you what to do. But what I do is I make sure to have 1% of uh, my yearly income in cash for emergencies. I also uh, try to make sure I've got about, uh, you know, I've got some silver on hand uh, so that, you know, the first time that the cash uh, machines go out and the first time that the payment processing goes out at the grocery store, you still have cash and it's going to be king for a little while. So you want to have cash on hand for emergencies. You want to have some silver later as barter networks develop if uh, this gets that bad. Now, I want to give you an example of this. It is happening right now in Haiti. Just this last week, the last 10 uh, Haiti senators res- uh, finished their terms. There is literally no government in Haiti right now except the gangs. Literally. Wow. There are no representatives, no president, no nothing. No judges, nothing. It is a fully anarchy uh, or a full anarchy in that country. So in situations like that, uh, our own economies develop, and that is always surrounding uh, hard currency like gold and silver. So that's always a good thing to have. If people are uh, people are paying attention to what I said about oil prices and everything else. You kind of know where to, uh, you know, where to stock up, and that's really the again the big key. Again, ladies and gentlemen, you've been listening today and watching. If you're watching our social media programs, our platforms, our television, uh, uh, you've been listening to Matt Shea. Pastor Matt Shea, On Fire Ministries, Kingdom Christian Academy, Spokane, Washington, also former um, retired House Representative and former House Republican Caucus Chair. What are we talking about? We're talking about how to survive in crisis. 2023 is going to be a time of crisis, although it can be time of victory. May God richly bless you. Go to my website, www.worldministries.org, www.worldministries.org, www.worldministries.org. Please join Eagles Saving Nations. We can get into the stadiums. We can have another great awakening. Only God can save America now. And now I have with me For the second day, yesterday, we did slavery and sex trafficking. So if you did not tune in yesterday, you can go back and look at my website, www.worldministries.org, and see the program, Slavery and Sex Trafficking. Again, Mary Sullivan, Regional Director for the National Day of Prayer. She's a precinct officer for the Republican Party, as well as the author of the book, Government and Its People, How the Church Can Participate in Government. And today, Mary, we want to do civic responsibility and the church. Civic responsibility and the church. Now, Matthew 5, 13 reads, You are the salt of the earth, but if the salt have lost its savor, Wherewith shall it be salted? It is therefore good for nothing to be cast out, to be trodden under the foot of men. Mary, what is wrong with America? I could say it a different way. What's wrong with the church? Mary? Mm -hmm. Well, I think that there's a little bit of things wrong with the church, but the one that I'm focusing on, and of course the one that I wrote the book on, on government and the church, is I don't think they have a full understanding of their responsibility in the sphere of government, whether it be uh, city government, county government, state government, national government. I think a lot of Christians, well, you know, the old saying, even back when I was small, my dad at the table, good, strong, you know, Catholic man used to say, we don't talk about politics and religion. And it's like a cliche, and it's like a no-no, I don't know. But for many years, 
politics, it was a unseemly conversation around the table or with guests or at family holidays and things like that. But see, the thing is, is that politics is a very dirty business and we're seeing that and we're seeing this getting more and more corrupt or maybe it's always been corrupt, you know, since even the Romans. I mean, it's always just been full of corruption and greed because it's not an earthly kingdom. But there's a difference between government and politics. That's, I think, where Christians miss the mark because the Lord says that in his word that the government will rest on his shoulders and to the end of his government and to his government there shall be no end. Well, what's really interesting, if as we um, come into the New Testament, the scripture says that he is the head of the body, and he's the head and we're the body, the church is his body. The Apostle Paul really goes into detail about that, about that Jesus is the head, and that the body is the church, and that we're supposed to build up the church and build up each other. Well, part of the body is the shoulders. And so if the government rests on the shoulders of Jesus, then it rests on his church. Governing authority rests on the shoulders of the church. And I think that one of the things that is wrong with the American church is they're abdicating so much of their authority and governing to people that are not Christ-like, that are not salt, that are not light. They don't have the wisdom of God. They don't have the knowledge of God. And yet they are allowed to lead our cities, our counties, our states. They're allowed to make these massive decisions over public safety, over housing, over where large groups of monies go. And why should people that don't know the Lord, don't have the wisdom of God and the knowledge of God, the discernment, why should they be the ones releasing and making all these major decisions on how we live every day of our lives in our communities? Well, totally. The Bible is very clear. It tells us that if evil men rule, the righteous are persecuted. If righteous men rule, the evil are brought to justice and the righteous prosper. So again, the Great Commission, go forth and make disciples of all nations. Disciples. We're supposed to make disciples of all nations. I see trying to get the right people into office is our responsibility as a pastor. I'm a pastor to fulfill the Great Commission. Now, if I fail to take my responsibility, evil men rule, my nation suffers, my church suffers, my family suffers, I suffer. Yes. And if it goes so far, just like in Germany and China with Watchman Nee under communism, then the righteous not only suffer, they're killed. Yes. All over the world, the righteous have been killed and more Christians are suffering and being killed in this generation, Mary, than all the previous ones because things are getting worse. That's why the science of judgment, the book I wrote, The Science of Judgment, that's why judgment is coming on the world. Things are getting worse. And the Bible tells us very clearly, if God doesn't stop this insanity, no flesh will be alive. We got nuclear weapons and we're acting crazy right now. And some of our irresponsible leaders are acting crazy right now. Because they don't have the wisdom of God. They don't have the wisdom of God. They are so far from God. Yeah. Although pride is so deceivable, deceptive, the Bible talks about that if you reject the truth of God. And they've rejected the truth. Romans chapter 1 talks about the immorality that they Mm -hmm. support and back. Yeah. Sodomy, homosexuality, cohabitation. How many genders do they think we have? uh, 26 or whatever the crazy number is. You know, there's male and female. That's it. 
There's always been male and female. There's always been. The whole world still recognizes it. But the United States of America, that is led by, I just about said the word madmen. I think they are. They're mad. They're insane because they've rejected the truth of Jesus Christ. And they support and sanction and they make it legal for sins that God condemns, like homosexuality. It's totally condemned. Yet the psychic is celebrated and the prophet is chastised today. But the psychic, you can call up a witch anytime you want and get your fortune told. If I remember correctly, that's why Saul died. He sought counsel from a witch or a psychic and he died. That's what the Bible says that God killed him for it. Mary? Yeah, getting back to that, and yet all this that's going on in the world, the church is still here. Christianity is still here in the world. Christians are still living and worshiping God in the United States of America. So how is it that we have how many millions of Christians in our nation, let's just take our nation for instance, and yet we're ruled by people that are robbing us, that are allowing these laws to come to pass where uh, men can now participate in women's sports. And, you know, that's just one example. The things that they're allowing through the laws, through public policy, and yet there's thousands and hundreds of thousands of Christians that surround these people every day. And the question is, is church, why are you sitting back and just watching it and saying possibly, well, this is the end of days or, well, this is the judgment of God. But could it be that maybe if we all, instead of sitting back and watching and being an observer, that we actually start to become a participator? And the thing that's very frustrating to me as a Christian right now is that I have very little influence and national decisions. Like I was just sharing with you the other day, you know, I'm on all these different lists and people that email me to on the national level, email my congressman in DC or call my congressman or call my senator. And just recently with this big, huge bill that was passed right before the year ended, I felt like the things that I was watching that there had to have been hundreds of thousands of people that phoned into Congress to try to stop that. It was a huge trillion dollar bill called Omnibus Bill. And there were hundreds of thousands of people that called Washington, D.C. and called, like you said, these mad men and women to stop the insanity of taking our nation down financially and ruining our economy, which would mean we become subject to who knows what other nations and then everything else that goes on that you mentioned. And nothing was done. And so like I could have called my senator and I'm not saying don't call. In fact, I'm going to tell you just the opposite. But what I'm trying to say is that on a national level, I feel so insignificant in making a difference on that level. But the thing is, even though I feel insignificant and I feel like right now these people are not listening to us at that level, they're doing what they want because they've been given the power to do it, which is a whole nother subject matter. Why are they in authority and why have they been given so much power, church? But down to my city level and my county level and my state level, I do think I can make a difference. It, I think the churches in our city, the churches in our county can make a difference, but it's the same exact thing. We have to get off our couches. We have to get 
off of our church pews. And we have to say, we've got to get out of the four walls of our churches. We've got to start saying, this is important. This is something I need to be engaged in. This is something that I need to be aware of. And this is something, church, that we need to be present in. We need to be present in our community. We need to look at our community and say, who's doing the, who's doing the housing stuff? Who's doing the public safety stuff? Who's, um, who's ordering the curriculum for our school boards? We have let all of this responsibility go to these city council people, to these mayors, to these county executives, to all of these committees. And there's no wisdom. There's no knowledge. There's no um, beauty of the Lord's words. There's no holiness. There's no righteousness. And there's no light and there's no salt. And they're bringing in more and more darkness. And they're bringing in more and more corruption. They're bringing in more and more um, traumatizing things to our children. And so we can, church, I can't do a lot. I can only call my congressman and senator on the national level, but I sure can do a lot on this local level. We can change our schools. We can change our city governments. And so um, this is the thing that I feel like the church has neglected and they can make a difference. Again, this is Dr. Jonathan Hansen, president of World Ministries International. You're watching, listening to the warning radio, television program, social media. I have with me Mary Solomon, uh, Regional Director for the National Day of Prayer, also a precinct officer for the Republican Party. And she's authored the book, Government and Its People, How the Church Can Participate in Government. Uh, We are talking today about civic responsibility and the church. What is our responsibility? Well, the Bible is very clear. We have a heavy responsibility. We're supposed to occupy, rule, reign, take dominion, uh, disciple the nations. If we fail to take our responsibility, then evil men, they will take their, what they believe is their responsibility under, if we want to say Satan, to control mankind, to control you. Satan's always tried to control you. He still is. That's what censorship is all about. Controlling you. Controlling me. Taking away our free speech so that they can rule and reign. That's what communists do. That's what they did under Watchman Nee uh, when he was martyred for coming against communism. Dietrich Bonhoeffer coming against Hitler. Uh, And we we could list so many others. Millions have died for Jesus Christ rather than being censored. So, uh, you know, people think, Mary, that they can pray. Now, you're, uh, you know, the regional director for the National Day of Prayer, and I know you don't think this, but uh, people think they can just pray and save their nation, and that is totally unscriptural. Jesus said, pray for yourself that you can do the will of God. Jesus is not coming out of heaven to be an ambassador that he gave you and I when he ascended. Go, Terry, be filled with my power, go and represent me. Go rule, reign, occupy, take dominion. He's not coming out of heaven no matter how much you pray. In fact, you can pray until they execute you because he's not coming out of heaven to the battle of Armageddon. So we need to understand this. Mary? Yeah, um, and the thing about prayer, um, and I'm, I love prayer, and um, I, like I said, we've done the National Day of Prayer for many years now. I've been part of um, several intercessory prayer groups. I love prayer and intercession, and I know it is effective. And even James says, the effectual prayers of a righteous man or woman does much. Um, but also, James said in that same book, faith without works is dead. 
Yeah, we, we both believe in prayer. We're trying to get 2,000 intercessors in every nation. I've spoke for the National Day of Prayer seven out of nine years. But yet, I'm talking about people taking it out of context and thinking, all I have to do is pray. Right. Faith I'll tell without you works what, is dead. Yes. Not only that, you're removing all the other scriptures that you're supposed to occupy. Take dominion. Make disciples. Confronting evil. You ignore everything and just pray? That's like saying, I'll just put sugar in a cake. Well, you better put the other ingredients or you're just going to have sugar water. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, not fit to eat. Well, we are not hardly fit in America to survive, and that's why we are self-destructing. The church has got to become alive, Mary. Uh, it's got to be healthy. It's got to be filled with Jesus Christ. It's got to be concerned, like we talked about slavery and sex trafficking. I dare say that many people who think all they have to do is pray, they could care less about people involved in sex trafficking unless it touched their doorstep, unless all of a sudden their little girl disappeared. Then maybe their eyes are opened. But that's not the will of the Father that's either. That's not the will of the Father. Yeah. But that is what's going on. We don't seem to care until crisis hits. What do we have to happen? Do we have to come under the judgment of God and millions die? Because I'll tell you, if you understand the science of judgment, so many, not only me, so many have prophesied civil war, a civil unrest, and an invasion. And it's right on the horizon. I'm doing programs all the time with politicians. We are so close that it would shock people to a nuclear war. Do we care? We're going to wait till millions die? What, what, what's going to be the response? How do we wake up the church, Mary? Well, um, I that's a big yeah that's a big thing to do. I I don't I don't think that personally any one person can wake up the church right now nationally except for the Holy Spirit. That's right. And I really believe that it's only the Holy Spirit that can um, pour out His personhood. You know you you know that term the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. We really do need in this nation an outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And I think, you know, it says that the Holy Spirit comes to not only bless us, but convict us. And we need to be convicted. I think of the biggest thing right now in our nation is complacency. Yes. We don't realize how important it is um, to be proactive, be on the alert and be present and, and, and use your voice and your tools and your gifts for the greater good. Um, it's the church has never been called to just be a bless me club. Um, and I feel like or a bingo club. Um, a lot of churches just they there a lot of Christians um, they don't they don't want to offend anybody. But you know what? The gospel is offensive. Truth is offensive. But um, if we can do this in a spirit of love and peace with our neighbor. But we do. I, my whole thing is church. There's little things that you can do. I'm, and so outside of the outside of a third or I don't know what what, what number it would be great awakening outside of yeah. a huge uh, outpouring of God's spirit where he um, raises up his apostolic and prophetic servants of God to rise up in signs and wonders and miracles and the power of God and we need that and I really believe we're going to have that so outside of that in the natural in the things the just the unique things that we can do every day to make our little places better and be salt and light there are really some simple things that you can do um, you know we need to pray we need to fast we need to cry out for this outpouring but then there's other like just natural everyday things that we can do and there's 
there's some few things that I wrote out that if we would just start to do on a local level, um, we could make a difference. We can make a difference. So in the natural, we can make a difference in the spiritual. We can make a difference in our communities. We can make a difference in the church. And we also can make a difference in the whole world. Um, But some of the things like I have that is so easy for the church to start doing, and it's so simple. And the first thing really is prayer. And the thing is, you're talking about prayer, and we do believe in prayer. And what's really interesting is how many churches are even praying anymore? Yes, yes. And how many of you are praying anymore, or are part of a prayer group anymore, or are praying with one of your friends anymore? I mean, prayer is the foundation, it's the communication, it's the intercession. Jesus says, I sought at one time in the earth, he said, I sought for a man to stand in the gap. He's still seeking for us to stand in the gap. Prayer really is the strongest thing that we can do in the foundation. But are you praying? I mean, our pastor's praying, our church is praying. And then the second thing that I shared with last time I was here is voting. Voting has got to be the most powerful thing right now in government to root out the wicked. And I know about the election fraud and um, that maybe our vote, you think our vote doesn't count because you think it's being stolen. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter even if they're stealing the vote. You're still responsible to vote. You'll still have that accountability before God because he's giving you this responsibility and stewardship. And so you're not going to have that excuse before the Lord when he's given you that authority to put in people of, of wisdom and discernment and light and salt, Christian people, and so um, or, or even non-Christian, but good people. And so vote is another thing that the church can do. And then another thing the church can do is start um, do, um, emailing. Email people, email your school board, email your mayor, email your city council, email people when you see something, if you read something that troubles you, email the editor to newspapers. Why is your voice silent? Why is your voice an unknown? You can be known in this community if you even wrote an email, an editorial letter to somebody in a newspaper and tell them you're not in agreement with this. Um, a story, uh, um, and then gather, uh, anyways, let me continue. And then another thing that you can do, this is very interesting and very easy, is right now um, city councils, county councils, school boards, all kinds of committees do these decisions and, and meetings, and they're open to the public, and you don't have to show up physically anymore. They're all on Zoom now. They're all being streamed. So you can get on a Zoom meeting for a committee and just while you're cleaning the house or you're um, doing stuff on the computer and you could, you know, do the double screen and keep an eye on that meeting. And then if there's something that comes up in that meeting that you know is not good, not healthy, not beneficial for our children and grandchildren, you can just tap in and write, write a comment on it. So easy now. It's so easy, church, for us to have a voice. But one of the things that... um I wanted to share is I have a friend that we worked with that her daughter was on the swim team down here in the Bothell Woodenville area. And um, this particular, I think it was a city, city swim team or school, city or school or combination. Well, she had potential and they were, they moved from Seattle to Mill Creek because of what was going on in Seattle and they wanted to move their daughter out. Well, anyways, they started allowing the men on the swim team, on the girls swim team and in the locker room. And so there were a a, a boy or two, I really don't know, basically in the locker room with the girls swim team, identifying as a girl, uh, walking around naked. And she was just 
tra- the mother was just shocked, traumatized, like, I can't do this. You can't do this. She went in and said, you've got to stop this. My daughter doesn't um, deserve looking at a man walking around, you know, naked in my, in the locker room. She went to the, the, the leaders. She went, she wrote letters. She, I, I believe she wrote letters to the mayor, but she was only one mother. And they said, we're sorry, we can't help you. This is the way it is. And within two months, they packed up, sold their house, and they moved to Tennessee because they their daughter has this you know, gifting and this ability on the swim to swim. And they felt that her daughter was going to be her. The thing that she was trained for and wanted to do all her life was going to, it was going to be stolen from her for one thing. They're a Christian family for another, but this is my point of the story. What if she was able to garner a hundred of us to go down to that school, to go down to that city team and those leaders? What if there was a hundred of us that sat with her and said, this is wrong for her daughter. There, she probably it would have, they would have changed their mind, right? So once again, you're listening yeah. to Mary Solomon. I'm going to have to have her back. Regional Director, National Day of Prayer, uh, Precinct Officer, Republican Party, and I'll tell you what you need to listen to this program again and again. Civic Responsibility and the Church. This is Dr. Jonathan Hansen. Again, you've been watching, listening to the Warning Radio Television Program, social media. What can we do? Calling all warriors. We are in crisis. We need another great awakening if we are to survive. We're attempting to gather groups of Christians who are concerned about the attack on our freedoms, are willing to take a stand against what's happening in the country, in the government, in the states. We must expose forces that are attempting to replace our republic under the morality of God, defined in the Bible with tyranny, thus communism. Eagles saving nations. We want to fill the stadiums, get back to the word of God, the power of God, the Holy Spirit, where you have the courage to speak the truth and take back America. Go to my website, www.worldministries.org, www.worldministries.org, www.worldministries.org. Click on Eagles Saving Nations. Join today. Let's take back America. We've got to have another great awakening. Or frankly, ladies and gentlemen, it's only a matter of time and you're going to see millions of people dying. I'm not joking. Just tune in with people in the know, military people, people in politics. We are in trouble today. It's because the church is failing. God help us. We need another great awakening. God bless you, Mary. God bless you. Thank you for having me. 360-629-5248. 360-629-5248. 360-629-5248 is my telephone number. Call up. You can join Eagles Saving Nations by telephone. Reverend Dr. Jonathan Hansen has written a book titled The Science of Judgment. God is predictable. There is a scientific pattern for the rise and fall of nations throughout history. We need to understand the laws or the rules of design regarding prophecy and judgment. When it comes to the laws of judgment and prophecy, denominational or personal belief systems have nothing to do with the reality or the certainty of the rule of judgment. Dr. Hansen's objective is to warn leaders of nations of the second coming of Jesus Christ and the plagues or judgments that are coming upon these peoples and nations that reject Jesus Christ as Savior according to the Scriptures. Dr. Ronald E. Cottle, founder and president of Christian Life School of Theology, states that this book is a must-read for Christians and other leaders in the United States and in other nations. It is clear, powerful, and well-reasoned. 
We all owe a debt of gratitude to Dr. Jonathan Hansen for the years that have gone into the research and writing of The Science of Judgment. This book has more than 300 pages, divided up in five sections. Part 1, The Science of Judgment, has chapters titled such as The Laws Regarding Prophecy and Judgment, Patterns of Apostasy, Purpose of Chastisement, Standards for Justice and Mercy, God Forgives When People Repent, God Holds Nations Responsible for What Leaders Do, Parental Responsibility, The Feasts of the Lord, Solomon's Transgressions and Their Consequences, Righteous Kings versus Evil Kings, Example of King Jehoshaphat, Ungodly Alliances, God is Predictable, God Holds People Accountable, Man Can Turn Into an Intelligent Beast to Do Evil. Section 2, The Deception of the Theory of Evolution, has chapters titled as Problems with the Theory of Evolution, Evolution and Racism, Darwin's Hatred of Christianity and its Fruit. Section 3, Why Must There Be Judgment, has titles such as The Fall of America and Her Destruction, Cult Christianity, Radical Liberal Politics. Section 4, Kings, Dictators, and Presidents, with the following chapters listed as People Choose Their Nation's Leaders, Qualifications for Godly Leadership, Romans 13, Delegated Authority, Satan is in charge of this world, not Jesus. If laws violate conscience, we must disobey. Finally, part five, so what must we do? These chapters are listed as, we are in a cultural war, our responsibility to a hostile government, the Christian's science of judgment. With turmoil ever increasing throughout the nations as Bible prophecy is coming to life right before our very eyes, one must read the science of judgment to have a clear understanding of these events and the reasons why. Call 360-629-5248, 360-629-5248, that is 360-629-5248, and request your copy of The Science of Judgment for a donation of $35 or more, plus shipping and handling. Thank you, and Shalom. Thanks for listening to this episode of Warning Radio with Dr. Jonathan Hansen, founder and president of World Ministries International. Warning Radio is a listener-supported program. We need your donations in order to continue airing these Christ-centered prophetic programs. Send your checks or money orders to World Ministries International, Post Office Box 277, Stanwood, Washington, 98292. To donate securely by phone, call 360-629-5248. Visit our website to find other ways of giving and a wealth of information about World Ministries International and host Dr. Jonathan Hansen. The website is worldministries.org. There, you'll also have access to hundreds of previously aired radio programs, made-for-television videos, thousands of articles, Dr. Hansen's books, and travel itinerary. Again, the website is worldministries.org. The phone number is 360-629-5248. 
Remember, the Lord is not slow about the promise of His return, as some count slowness, but is patient toward you, not wishing for any to perish, but for everyone to come to the repentance that leads to eternal life.